0: Hello, everyone. This is Vern Davis. I'm your host. And I want to thank you all for joining me on uh, Plant Profits. Plant Profits is brought to you uh, by Protus Global. And I want to thank all of you again for uh, joining uh, us today. I'm really looking forward. I'm really excited about the conversation uh, we're going to have today. And I want to give you a little background about my guest. Back in 2014, with just 900 bucks, 900 smack'ums. And it quickly became the nation's, he he formed this business and it be, quickly became the nation's leading purveyor of hemp-based cannabinoid and psychedelics consumer products. At $900 he started uh, this business with and now, He's riding the wave on top of the world, doing his thing. My guest today is Mr. Nick Warrender, and Nick is the CEO of Lifted Made, vice chairman and COO of LFTD Partners. Nick, how are you today? I'm great,
1: Vern. Thanks for having me on, man. Look forward to uh, diving
0: deep today with you. Absolutely, man. I'm looking forward to it um, also, now, uh, are you from Wisconsin? I know you're in Wisconsin today, but are you from Wisconsin, man?
1: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Midwest guy, man. I yeah. grew up on the border on the Illinois side and then um, moved okay. over to Wisconsin. And, and I've been here since, man. This is just where God placed me.
0: <laughs> God did. God did. So uh, it's, it's quite interesting. You you have a, a background that I, I love to dive into because it, it it is a it's a book, at least one. And I'm sure you thought about that. Uh, and and the older you get, you'll think more about that. But um, you know, uh, so for the listening audience uh, today, uh, my man Nick uh, was the Midwest. You were a highly ranked hoopster, right? I was. <laughs> Basketball was the first love, man. Yeah, yeah, and and a DJ. That's right. Yeah. So what kind of music were you spinning, man? Tell me what the what the vinyl was was putting out. It was more so uh, like cerebral hip hop, you know. Okay. Well, like, wait a minute. Hold on. Stop. Cerebral hip hop. What's cerebral hip hop?
1: I you know like uh, I'd say J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar. Those. Oh, are nice. Great. That is cerebral hip hop. Yeah. Big influences. You know. Um, always wanted to get a positive message and maybe get get people thinking a little bit deeper about life. You know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you enjoy, do you still enjoy the music piece? I do.
1: Um, You know, this industry takes everything I got and then some. So I I haven't been able to do much of it, but you know, music is, is a huge part of my life. And I I think everybody else is too, right? So what you put in comes out.
0: Yeah. Do all your friends, most of your friends, today's friends know about that music piece? Do they, do they, what I'm asking you really Nick is, is when there's a party, do they, they try to set you up, man. They and do. have you spin the records. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, it, <laughs> it comes up, it pops up every once in a while. Yeah. yeah. That's uh that's pretty cool. But I really want to dive into this hoop thing, man. How'd you get involved in hoops? Um, I started playing basketball
1: when I was like three years old. Um, okay. In third grade, I played in a, a fifth and sixth grade league um and seventh grade I played on a JV team In and seventh grade a JV yeah. team yeah Yeah, and then I, I started doing the AAU uh play with the oh, rising oh, stars yeah. out of Chicago oh you know, that's a famous group yeah got yeah. to play with the likens of Derrick Rose and Brandon Jennings and yeah guys that that ended up getting there you know uh-huh. so, uh really high level basketball man that was uh that was that was life for a long time
0: Tell me about your game, man. Talk to me about your game. Um, yeah. So
1: I I was a deep shooter, you know. Okay.
0: Um
1: okay. I went to the bowl with the left hand, you know. So they they always kind of forced me right. Yeah. So you either got buried with the jump shot or you got crossed up and, and finished down with the left, you know. And then uh come seventh grade, I started playing above the rim. Oh, really?
0: Yeah. Seventh yeah. grade, man. How tall are you? I'm six two. And and seventh grade you were playing above the rim? Yep. Yep, um, you got hops. Yeah, it was
1: it was uh-huh. a lot of fun, man. You know, as a kid, you don't really know how good you are, and then you get older and you look back on, it and you're like, "Oh man, I, you know,
0: I, I, <laughs> I had, had a shot, <laughs> I had some sauce, man." You know, <laughs> you had you you had you had a you had a, a a shot, man. But something happened, brother. Tell tell me the story. Of what happened to that dream?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, as I was getting into high school, that's mm-hmm. when, you know, you start playing at the different division one schools and the training mm-hmm. camps and, you know, everybody's talking to you, but they can't really talk to you yet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so you know, we went on a family vacation just to kind of celebrate this journey that i had been on for pretty much my whole life and kind of where it was headed.
0: Well, hold on. So at this point, you and the family knew you were, you were going to go somewhere on the school's dime you knew that already yeah it, yeah.
1: it, it felt like it was it was the beginning okay know? and little did I know that that was the end you know um so we, wow. we went on, yeah we went on a cruise man and it was uh it was a great trip and the last stop was was in Belize and mm-hmm. got off the ship and and uh you know we ended up kind of in the crossfires of Crooked police and and drug dealers and um, me, my brother, my best friend at the time we we got we got kidnapped. You know, we ended up getting three of you, up. three
0: yeah.
1: of you. Yep, we ended up getting snatched up and you got
0: kidnapped. Your and your mom, dad, families were separated from you. They were in Belize with you though.
1: Yeah, so my uh, my parents were on the ship. My dad mm. ended up getting off the ship, so my mm. mom you know from her perspective her whole family disappeared um so my dad knew something bad had happened he couldn't get yeah. a hold of us yeah and uh you know he he felt something inside him like i need to to get off this ship and i need to try to find my kids um uh-huh. yeah so he went through this 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 amazing journey this you know his side of the story as we're making our way through this prison system um you know he Got lined up with just the right people. It was it was really a a God influence type scenario. If you don't believe okay. in God, man, this is a story that will get you thinking about it. Okay, um, all right. Talk and to uh, me. Talk you to know, me. he was staying at the small bed and breakfast, and yeah. the guy was like, "You look like shit, man. You're are you on vacation? Like you're by yourself? <laughs> like what's going on?" He's like, "I think mm-hmm. something happened to my kids. They, uh, you know, they're not answering. They haven't." They mm-hmm. Back on this ship. So this guy's like, Look, I've got, you know, my sister, she she knows everybody on this island. And it was this, this amazing woman that literally lived in like a dirt hut, you know. Yeah. And as we're making our way through this prison system, you know, they're working behind the scenes. They end up showing up at, at in front of the magistrate where we finally, you know, kind of have mm. the hearing or whatever. And you know this this lady's talking in their their native tongue to the judge, and we end up walking right out this front door. So, wow! You know we're now in a position where we we've like legally illegally entered into the country uh, because they don't they don't give you a passport stamp when you come off a cruise ship. So we uh she had to take us down to Guatemala. You know we ended up getting getting passports in twelve hours. We ended up really. We ended up getting stamped in legally, um, and then i had to I had to try to get out of there to get back to take my SAT, uh. which was literally like forty eight hours later. Oh, so we're at the airport, you know, uh-huh. walking through the lines. There's no flights. There's no seats, and uh. the guy's like, "There's one first class," and I'm like, "I don't have any money," and he's like, "Don't worry about it. You're gonna walk through the back of." of this entryway, you're going to skip security and you're going to run to this gate. So I left the rest of them there, man. I ran to this gate and got on this plane, never flew first class in my life. Right. And, uh, I'm like, I like burst into tears as soon as I got on this flight. Yeah. Stewardess is like, can I get you something to eat? And I'm like, I have no
0: money. She's like, sweetie, you're in first class. Like, yeah, you know you uh, keep saying I don't have any money. I don't yeah. have any money. Why is all this good thing happening to me, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I ended up getting on this plane, man.
1: Uh, mm. There was more divine intervention. The lady that was mm-hmm. sitting next to me was a, was a teacher, and she specialized in uh, SAT preparation.
0: No, stop it. Stop I can't it! Hold I can't on! Stop it! You cannot. You and I could sit here all day and could make this story up. No, you really can't. And this is the, you know, this is the foot cliff note version. I'd be on here for three hours. If I, gave you all <laughs> I want you know. to be now. <laughs> uh, so I uh, let's do I let's do a couple it. weeks of shows here, baby. Yeah, I, 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 I get, love get, this story.
1: I get in the right mindset through this fight, yeah. man. I get home. I smoke like the fattest blood, can't sleep, you know. And I wake up and I take this SAT, man. I get like a 31 on it. And little did I know that
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh that was gonna make all the difference in me getting into college. Uh, mm-hmm. because over the next four weeks, I come down with this incredible sickness. You know, I'm in mm-hmm. in the hospital. Um, the doctors are really stumped. I went to like 27 specialists, some of them would fly in to kind of Look wow. at me in my case, and they chalked it up to autoimmune disorder. Yeah. I think I picked up some sort of virus when I was down, down, down in Belize? Belize. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was, how, uh,
0: how many days were you actually, you know, it was captive? Just under, yeah. Just under a week. So and, several days. I mean, you, yeah. you spent nights not understanding what was next. Right. And we had
1: ended up in, in, What's believed to be the second worst prison system in the world, behind like one prison in Russia, right? Uh, so, wow, it's you know these really nasty bugs. There was no bathrooms. It's about 140 degrees in this place. So, wow, you know, Lord that, knows, that, what,
0: man, what, that
1: what, oh. what was in there. I didn't eat. I didn't drink anything. You know, the water is brown. The food, oh, what geez. it was, right? So, so
0: you, you know, guys, you and your your brother and your buddy was. I mean, you guys were, sur- were, were suffering. I mean, you were literally, yeah. Uh, this was yeah. in dire, dire straits. Look, we're going to take, a, Nick, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back. We're going to pick up on this, and we're going to dive into actually what you got out of that experience, right? Oh, was good. And but- yeah, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, I'm Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits. And I want to thank you all for joining us here today. What a a captivating story by our guest today, Nick Warrender. And Nick is the CEO of Lifted Made and the vice chairman and COO of LFTD Partners. We'll be right back.
1: Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages.
0: Hey, welcome back, everyone. I'm Vern Davis. I am the host of Plant Profits. And my guest today... Telling this riveting story is Mr. Nick Warrender, and he's the CEO of Lifted May, vice chairman and COO, LFTD Partners. Man, this, this story is is captivating. So you, you're back. You smoked this big blunt. You, you're trying to get ready for your ACTs. You score 31, which is an excellent score, by the way. And, um, man, so here you are. What's next? So I'm in and out, out of the hospital. Yeah. And- you know, you every thing.
1: every couple months, man, and, and mm. I'm in there for extended periods of time. I'm on all sorts of pharmaceuticals. There was one point I was taking 90 milligrams of prednisone a day, uh, 90
0: milligrams of prednisone a day, a day an incredible amount. That, that is it,
1: it was
0: it was crazy. It was it was, it was damaging, insane. right? Yeah, it's damaging.
1: Um, so it's damaging. Exactly. So cannabis was how I was kind of coping with mm. not only the pharmaceuticals I was on, but the pain I was in uh obviously i I lost a lot of like physical mass yeah um, couldn't ball you know i couldn't go to training camps i kind of just got and and as soon as you're a weak link man they they cut you you know you're you're out
0: you're no good on to the next right
1: on to the next fruit you know (laughs) yeah you're not making it in the pie um so i ended up in a small art school okay really struggled with uh you know, what my purpose was, right? I thought thought my purpose was, was ball game. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And, um, again, a a cannabis user to help with the pain I was suffering through. And I came across CBD and, uh, wow. You know, that,
0: that was a turning point. This is way before CBD was wait, wait a minute. So how, so, so this journey has already enriched in your life because now you've you found something that's new to the environment, and you're using it, and you're finding that it's working for you, right? Yep. This is while you're in in school studying. This is at school. I'm just getting out of college at this. You course. just you just yep. popping out. Okay. Yep. Okay. So- you know, in school,
1: I don't really know what I want to do. I end up in the arts department with the communications people and the creative people. And I'm like, I started making music as an outlet. Yeah, Uh, But cannabis was like kind of that baseline thing that was a constant in my life. Right. And, and I knew the stigmas and I knew, and, and CBD was like, damn, you know, this, this could change the perspective of cannabis. Okay. And, I knew that if it could help me and all the things that I'm going through, I think there's going to be a massive market for this. And this is early circa CBD, man. This is when. What what year was this about?
0: Do you remember? 2014. 2000. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So,
1: you know, we launched Lifted. I should say I launched Lifted, just kind of like a one man
0: show. Um, Why did you do Lifted? Let's talk about that. Why did why did you do lifted? Why do you call it lifted? Right? Yeah. And and what what was what was the spirit behind
1: this? Um, It was it was kind of this brand that was in my mind for a long time. It was it was a term that wasn't used yet. You know, now it's it's huge. It's everywhere. It's it's beyond even us as a brand. You know, it's it's terminology these days, right? Mm -hmm. And I knew that it was sticky. Um, Okay. I, I especially knew it because the first week in the business, people were like, Oh, I've heard of you guys. I'm like, man, there's no way, no way. But, you know, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad, I'm glad to hear it. Uh, so it was, it was just me for a long time. Uh, okay. you know, I'd produce product uh-huh. uh, in the mornings and the afternoons and nights. I, I would go out and sell what I produced that day. And then I'd stay up all night and do the web development and the the social right. media marketing and, and just start, you know, gradually building this thing out. Um, so that that kind of launched me into this this entrepreneurship journey where I didn't have experience. I didn't go to business school, uh,
0: but but you were you had a day job too at this time. I did. Yeah. I mean, you you were you're you're you just to be honest with you, you're doing some dull shit. You know, straight up. <laughs> Yeah, I mean industrial process well, equipment, equipment man, pumps. Man. What the yeah. hell? How did yeah. you get it? How but, the hell did you get there,
1: man? Yeah, that was my pop's business. Okay, uh, came from right. uh, industrial right. equipment distribution. And, okay, you know, I I tried, man. It was just <laughs> it had it just wasn't it wasn't for it wasn't me. vibing, was it? Nah, it wasn't for me, man. It yeah. wasn't for me. So I I. I ended up uh, getting all in to to this journey of entrepreneurship. You yeah, know, yeah. Uh, living out of my girlfriend's house and sometimes out of my car and right you know, working out of a ten by ten room with no AC and yeah know, started to grind it out. Right. Um, what, what
0: made you think it could work? Why did you keep going?
1: I knew success happened behind closed doors. You know, okay. basketball really set me up uh, mentally. Um, yeah. to, to build that wherewithal, you know, there were so many people that didn't believe that I could do what I did in basketball. And it was, it was, it was all those, those lessons, you know, you learn how to win humbly. You know, ner- you learn how to lose gracefully. You learn how to work as a team. Um, You know, I, I won championships. I won championships mm-hmm. with teams that had no business winning championships. So I, <laughs> I, I got to see, uh, you know, <laughs> what people coming together towards one goal looks like and what the idea would be. And I never compared myself. And I think that was a huge thing because there, yeah. there was big companies that were coming out. There was uh-huh. big public companies that were coming in with these. Ma- I mean, if you looked yeah. at the industry and what was happening when it first started, yeah, you'd think I could never do anything like this. You know, I'm just going to get crushed like a cockroach. Well,
0: because it was a wave. It was just so many. It was just a way so saturated. And and you think you're a speck on the wall, right? You're, you're, yeah. Nobody sees me, right? Unattainable. unattainable. Uh, uh, Yeah. But,
1: you know, those are, uh, those are the underdog stories in sports that we still talk about to this day. So I felt like, you know, I kept learning about entrepreneurship and it was, it was like the
0: purest sport. It really was. And why do you say that? Why do you say entrepreneurship is the purest sport? I love that. Um, because to win, it takes everything you have and then some. And mm-hmm.
1: and you look at like what Steph Curry just did. And mm-hmm. It's like, dude, you have to be able to dig really deep down inside and you have to turn off all the noise and all yeah. the people that are telling you you can't do it. Yeah. And then you got to go put the work in. Yeah. And, and the, the the outcome is really shown by what you do when nobody's watching you, mm-hmm. right? And I was always willing to outwork everybody that that I was around mm-hmm. and not look at the competition, not look at what everybody else is doing, like have mm-hmm. your own story, right? Mm-hmm. When you're selling whatever it is you're selling mm-hmm. rather than being like, oh, you carry X, Y, and Z. Well, let me tell you why that's bad. Mm-hmm. That's never been our pitch. It's, Let me tell you about what we're doing and why we do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's that. That that is that is a great story. So you came from let's let's just talk about this. You came from a traditional industry, right? Your dad's business, right? You had this um, this tragic, amazing story and a young life. This all happened. And. So my question is when folks are thinking about coming from a traditional industry and then and and then coming into this space, this is the space, the cannabis space, the right, what would be your advice to them um, as as they embark on this journey? What would you say to them?
1: I think the first the first thing is. If you're doing it for the money, you're going to fail, right? Yeah. You have to have a driving force, mm-hmm. um, internally that mm-hmm. fuels you mm-hmm. because there's more bad times and good times in this industry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, you, you have to, you have to really, uh, respect the fact that it's going to take years. Yeah you know, it, it, it's, it's that old saying, like, it takes 10 years to be an overnight success story. Wow. Right. Yeah. And you have to grind through that first couple of years with no help, you know, and, and I feel like that's the best way to do it. Cause if you have all the money in the world or you have big investors, mm-hmm. um, you're not going to learn how to make it work. Right. Right. And, and you end up buying the things that that you need to learn the hard way. So it's you know strap in for for that ride. You know, um, you really mm-hmm. have to have something driving you beyond the financial upside.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Be it you know a, a desire to help people, be it a, a mm-hmm. desire to to make a difference, be it a desire to be somebody or something. Yeah. You know, and that's that's what I've seen is the common thread
0: mm-hmm. for
1: entrepreneurs like myself in this industry specifically. Um, I think this is the hardest industry in the country.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe the world. world. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And that is very, what you say is so consistent with the professionals in the industry that come from other industries, right? It's so consistent that they say it's the hardest thing they've ever done. Hands down. It's not even close. What makes it so hard?
1: It's, it's a it's a culmination. I, I'd say it's not just one thing. It's yeah. it's all things at once, right? So okay. you're dealing with an ever-changing landscape. Yes. Right. So that's on, on all parts, um on a legislation part from a federal level to a state by state level, right? Yeah. You're dealing with a low end a low barrier to entry industry, you right. know, which which brings in every flavor of person you could think of good bad and different um you're looking at black market meets legit market you're looking at black market meets public markets you're looking at right you know hustlers and venture capitalists and they might be one and the same right
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> that is proven to be the case so, so you
1: <laughs> kind of have like everybody from everywhere coming yeah. into it yeah and, uh and then you have the saturation, you have, um, you know, the different distribution and what that looks like. You have, uh, different cultures, right. Yeah. That, that pretty much own different parts of these types of industries and has for a hundred years. Yeah. Right. So you a couple have, thousand. Yeah. Yeah. So you have uh, <laughs> these barriers to breakthrough that are constant. You know, mm-hmm. every day. So you have to be just resilient and right. you have to learn how to pick yourself up after you take it on the chin. You have to be graceful in your losses. Right. Yeah. Um, and humble in your wins. So, you know, like I said before, it's it's an industry that takes everything you have and then some. And then and that's, some that's, that
0: that is a, that is amazing. That is amazing. we're going to we're going to take a quick break and we're going to uh, talk about, you um, Lifted Made and um, how in 2020 things changed, okay? We're gonna, we're gonna do that next. We're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back. My name's Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits and Plant Profits is brought to you by Protus Global. My guest today, Mr. Nick Warrender, CEO of Lifted Made, Vice Chairman and COO of LFTD Partners. Thank you.
1: Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages.
0: Hey, welcome back, everyone. I'm Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits. And my guest today, Mr. Nick Warrender, CEO of Lifted Made and Vice Chairman and CEO of LFTD Partners. So, look, this has been a tremendous story, um, a tremendous story of survival, uh, grit, uh, powering through things, uh, being strong. And somewhat gifted to be able to um, compartmentalize many things to be successful at one thing. So uh, I think that is uh, uh, crazy uh, good. And and one thing you said, success happens behind closed doors. I love that. I'm going to use that. You'll see me use that. I'm just letting you know. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But let's, let's get into it. To lift mate. So you you created this brand, this business, and um, um, tell us exactly what that is, and then we're going to make a transition.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we're uh, we're disruptors in the purest. Yeah, form, yeah. Right. Um, I'm a guy that that I, I push. Right. I push
0: mm-hmm.
1: the limitations up until we're no longer up until the final line of legality. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And you know, that's what you need to push an industry forward. Um, mm-hmm. you look at it with ride share, you look at it with technology and the internet and everything else, right? right? So um we 2020 we got approached or 2019, we got approached by a public company that was actually right here in Lake Forest, Illinois. Okay. Ran by a very, very sharp individual that's done multiple public companies in very difficult industries.
0: Okay. And, that's an important qualification for you, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he
1: said, look, man, you know, here's, here's who I am. Here's kind of my, my track record. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we are looking to do this decentralized approach of a consolidation in this industry and, um, being a a, a team player, being a guy that respects, you know, the team mentality and, and also understanding that this is an industry that that's going to get consolidated one way or another, eventually. Mm Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, let's, let's jump into an arena that I have no experience in. I don't know any. Here, here we go again.
0: <laughs> here, we, here we go again,
1: right? So um, at the time, I had 12 employees, Okay. Right? And, uh-huh. um, you know, we're going through due diligence. We're going through audits. And it's brutal, you know, because yeah. I don't have, like, a director of finance and a CEO. Yeah. Like, everything runs through me. So I'm I'm trying to continue to grow this business. I'm going through the audits. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm like you're working twenty-five head, hours a day, or not you? My head, uh, right. My yeah. head's gonna explode, man. So, you know, we finally get everything done. We close on February twenty-fourth
0: of twenty twenty. And the next Whoa, whoa, February twenty fourth of twenty twenty. Yep. Look, your life just keeps happening and we and just it's, these uh, messages would keep coming to you. Brother, I'm just saying, there's something divine in what you're doing. There is, bro, and that's yeah that's the
1: fuel. That, that's the fuel. So you know, the yeah. next week, the whole the whole world shuts down. So we yeah. close this deal. We close this big acquisition and merger. Yeah, the whole world shuts down, right? So yeah, all of our retail stores are closed. All of our distribution hubs are closed. Everything's closed. Um, so we pivot. Because the FDA makes a statement like, Hey, anybody that has a bottling facility, start making hand sanitizer. Right. So I put in piece together every connection I have to try to find raw goods, which are like impossible to find. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're producing hand sanitizer. Right. Craziest mm. thing. Um, mm. We're working harder than we ever have for less money than we'll ever make. Right. And through that process, we were doing due diligence on Delta Eight. And at the time it didn't exist, right? Right. So we get through that summer, we sell an incredible amount of hand sanitizers. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Keeps you afloat, right? Right. To the most yeah. random places um, that you would just places we had no connections, just you know, again, that grit, that grind. Yeah. Uh, you know, we didn't have to, we didn't have to fire anybody, we didn't have to furlough anybody. Uh, we're, we're kind of coming out and things are starting to open up again. And yeah, we launched, we launched Delta eight and <laughs> people are like, you're going to jail. You're crazy. You've yeah. lost your mind.
0: Talk to us about Delta eight. What, yeah. Yeah. What, so, it's very interesting. Tell, tell us about that.
1: Yeah. So Delta eight is uh, a THC compound that has a very nice euphoric effect uh-huh. Uh, without a lot of the side effects of traditional marijuana, right So without the paranoia aspect, without the come down, without the foggy headedness, yeah, the cotton mouth, without the red eyes. yeah so it's it's a, a much more social type of cannabinoid in that aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people still see definite medical benefits to it, but it was it was kind of that first almost wreck type cannabinoid mm-hmm. that came out of hemp. And okay. throughout the pandemic, CBD died, like, yes, CBD, like CBD yeah. and hemp died right. with the yeah. pandemic. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: And, you know, we, we launched it and it was an uphill battle at first,
0: you know, cause it was so different. It was. So, so who was, who, or what, what made it tough? Okay. It was different, but everything's different. So what, what, what made this especially difficult? Uh, the fact that, that we're
1: selling THC, you know, people couldn't quite wrap their brain around it and then they would try it and they're like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Like, mm-hmm. I like this better than, than standard marijuana. Yeah. And they, they couldn't understand that, you know, this is a hemp derived candy. This is hemp. Yeah. This is a product of hemp and it's legal. Yeah.
0: yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: So we're, we're, really early on in that wave, one of the first companies to to nationally start distributing Delta eight, mm-hmm. you know, I think, I think we all see what the outcome was over two years of that. And, and it, you know, again, in my opinion, it saved the whole hemp industry. It saved the farmers, it saved oh, yeah. the processors, it saved everybody, you know, right. and, right. you know, we start really scaling up, you know, we go from 12 employees to over 150. Yeah, uh, And we did all this with Internal cash flow never took a single dollar of outside capital, even wow. through the acquisition, the merger, and, and becoming a public company. Yeah. Um, you know, moved into a new facility, a very, very nice facility, and, and mm-hmm. really started to build up our team, build up our product catalog. And, you know, we kept disrupting, right? We were the first company to do a hemp derived Delta 9 THC product, and that was, uh, you know, a pop rock type. Form, okay. form uh rolling stones picked up that article and we're like these guys are crazy you know <laughs> <laughs> but that that changed the game
0: you know yeah. I mean,
1: now you see it everywhere you pull up yeah. your legally email and there's a million companies selling hemp drive delta nine products now you yeah know, one-to-one cbd or straight d9 so yeah um you know we're the first company that did a live resin extract disposable you know with with hydrocarbon extraction techniques and things that have been used in, in the marijuana industry that didn't make it to the hemp industry. Um so we really continue to push this this envelope of you know here's the legal guidelines. Yeah. You know, how do we how do we bridge this gap between marijuana and hemp yeah. because they're both cannabis.
0: Yeah. So there so, you know, there's a there's a converging world here. Yep. Right. And and you 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 gotta almost touch it but not go but but you don't want to go on there that side, right? Right. You know when you you gotta almost touch it. How close are you? Um, microscopic. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Okay. You know, so yeah. It's, it's uh, it
1: it comes back down to this is all cannabis. Yeah. Right. I, you know? I, yeah. So you know the the laws define them as two different things yeah. uh, but the earth to the earth man to nature it's it's the same plant so you know we we wanted to work within what our board allowed us and what yeah. our, our legal team told us the okay. parameters and yeah again you know running our own race we're not looking at what everybody else is doing so yeah. we're just trying to push the ball forward we're trying to do things that that we think will be big that, that yeah. we want to use as was right. like a true consumer ran business right and uh, uh you know, we just started crushing it, man. Um, You know, we we went from this nine hundred dollar company to, you know, we we did over thirty million last year. Uh huh. We On pace to do seventy five million this year, and right? We've, we've we've been able to touch a lot of lives, man. We've been able to oh, a lot of people, and wow. we've done it all out of this small town, Kenosha, Wisconsin. Isn't that,
0: is that crazy? That is so, absolutely kick ass. You're hiring all these people. So, what do you look for when you when you're hiring these folks? Man, that's a
1: great question. Yeah, this is, this is a funny story. You'll you'll get a kick out of this. All right, I can't uh, wait. So, I, I brought on a COO, right? Okay. I and mean, he's like, "Look, we need a we need a H we need HR." Uh huh. Like, what the hell is HR, <laughs> like, What do you mean we need HR? He's like, we need HR. So yeah. uh, we end up hiring this lady. And I wasn't even a part of that hiring process. And um well, that's wow. Really? Yeah. She, uh, <laughs> she ended up being the HR director of a bank that I worked at in college that hired me. And then I got fired from that bank. Wait a
0: minute. You didn't even know she was in the process.
1: I didn't even know she was in the process. And after she was hired, I didn't make the connection. I was like, this lady like, kind of looks familiar. <laughs> um, she ended up being like, just a rock star and yeah. rock star. And, you know, she fit into our culture, um, yeah. that, that we inadvertently created. And yeah. then she made sure to, she was, she was the front line of that. Right. So yeah. she really hires based on culture, right? Like, do you uh-huh. fit within the culture of the company? And really our culture is authenticity, right? So we want people to come as their authentic self. And in so doing that, we're going to get yeah. the best out of people. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. And that yeah. was it. I mean, and you can teach it. them, you can teach them if you need to, you can yeah. teach them the things they need to know technically about the technically, business, right. but they got to be the right person. The foundation's got to be right. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. That's how you get multiples. That's, that's right. how you get multiples, man. That is. Right. That is some that is some magic sauce. That is not secret sauce, but I don't know why people don't get it. And and that you know? that's that's a huge
1: differentiator, man. Because yeah. people love their jobs. We yeah, have employees that have our logo tattooed on their arm.
0: Yeah, you know, like, yeah,
1: they're embedded because they're part of the company, right? Yeah. They're, they're the they are the 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 grounding of our company, and. Yeah. She's done an amazing job. Where we have this diverse staff, every color, from eighteen to sixty-five, that yeah. all fit together with this common thread of authenticity. Sure. And, uh, and that's you know that's what's made it a great working environment. You know that's what's made it so we're not turning employees nonstop. Right. And, you know that that's why we've been able to to get the people and and grow the way that we have over a really short duration you Know we were a really small
0: company for yeah. the majority of our life cycle, and then it's just hockey, taking off, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, well, that's a blessing, man. So, this is this is uh literally um just an amazing story, one of the better stories out there, uh, that is so real. You're such a real dude, too, man. I can right. tell, yeah, yeah, you're just such a real dude. I'm I'm wishing you and the company. Really, really well, and I'm I'm so happy, uh, Nick, that you said yes to come have this chat with us on this day, this show. Uh, we were really uh, fortunate that you showed up for this, and and uh, and we just chatted. I love it. So uh, that's great, man. I I want to thank everybody for joining Plant Profits. I'm Vern Davis. I am your host. My guest today, was amazing guest, Mr. Nick Warrender, CEO of Lifted Made. Vice Chairman and CEO of LFTD Partners. And I want to thank everyone associated, Protus Global, uh, for putting us out there. Um, I want to uh, obviously thank uh, CannabisRadio.com, an amazing partner. And uh, when you go out there on the platforms that you fish out your podcast, man, give us a five-star rating. We're on every platform that's out there Uh, Apple, Spotify, iHeart, Amazon, everywhere. We are there. Give us a five-star rating. And look for this particular um, show that we did here today with Mr. Nick Warrender, CEO of Lifted Made, Vice Chairman and CEO of LFTD Partners. They're doing some cutting-edge, pushing-the-envelope stuff. We love that. We love talking about that. And then follow Protus Global through our social footprint on LinkedIn, Insta, Facebook, Twitter. We're everywhere. Finally, learn more about how and what we do to build companies and how and what we do to help people change their lives. Uh, And Look for us at protusglobal.com, P-R-O-T-I-S, global.com. Till next time. Cheers.